Hello and welcome to the pioneers of the great awakening. Uh, when we have these great guests with us, they've gone through their whole experience into the darkness, found that gift, that healing, that boon, that treasure, that sword, and now they're bringing it to the world. We have a wonderful gift, a, a wonderful gift, a wonderful guest, <laughs> which is a gift today. Her name is Annabel Vizcarra, and uh, she is an embodiment mentor and womb shaman. She teaches how to awaken and embody your own wise and prosperous wisdom through self-awareness and mastery. Through her cultivated gnosis, she guides women into trusting their own healing process and reconnecting their inner core source of wisdom. She believes that when we're working with our own body wisdom, we're able to transform our lives birth fulfilling projects and serve others and express our full spectrum genius. Annabelle's work is a synthesis of womb shamanism, gene keys transmission, Ayurvedic medicine, quantum physics and epigenetics. So it's an honor to have Annabelle join us today. Welcome Annabelle to the podcast. Thank you so much for showing up, bringing your Thank beautiful you. light to the Thank world. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invitation. I'm really Grateful to be here with you, sharing this space. And with all the so, listeners. With all the what? All the listeners, whoever's tuning in. Thank you for being here with us and joining us. <laughs> We're so happy to have you, Annabelle. Tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Oh, <laughs> let's dive right in, right? Right in. <laughs> Uh, that most people don't know. I think at this point, anybody who knows me knows a lot of it. Um, and you know, it speaking, do you want, do you want to speak into like the jinkies? Cause I feel like so much of it also comes in. Right. So I have so many line fives on my profile and, you know, line fives. I think when I first heard about what they were, it was like, oh, their leadership and their power and they're all these amazing things, you know? And, and when for myself, I could see how when I was younger, like it made me those line fives were really showing up in a dishonest way. And I think I mentioned that before we even started the podcast. Right. So it was there was so much dishonesty and manipulation and, you know, all these um, ways to get my needs met that were very dishonest. But I can tell you it worked very well <laughs> until it didn't. <laughs> and now, you know, kind of finding finding my way in like that healthy, uh, what is power, you know, and I, and I feel like my life has really been knowing the full spectrum of power, the misuse, the abuse, you know, and the reinstatement of, of true power. And so what most people don't know about me when they meet me and they just have a conversation is that I actually was very dishonest and very uh, closed off. And I, I call that private. You know, I called it that I was very private, but it was my inability to truly be vulnerable to the honesty of life. So wow. long answer. <laughs> Wow, thank you so much for opening up like that. And just, just so that we can also give a little bit more, can you uh, explain your definition of what is the line five in regardless to the to the to the to the gene keys as, uh -huh. as a guy that you are to just you know normal people out there? 
Yeah. So, you know, the line fives represent uh, personality traits that this is how I describe them, right? Of we, there's six possible lines for every jinky and sphere and each sphere carries its own frequency. And the line five, you know, just like the, the, the jinky itself, it carries a frequency of gift and of shadow. And so it's really awesome because when we're able to, to kind of dive into more of that line, I see the line as the personality of the jinky, you know? So it's kind of like you have, so for myself in my, in my culture sphere, I have 59.5, you know, and that's, the shadow of dishonesty, you know, the, and, and, and so the, that pair with the line five, which is abuse of power and manipulation in its shadow form, you know, it, it can really create some amazing stories and experiences. And when we can transform that, you know, now the line five becomes that uh, leadership of like the, what I call feminine leadership, it's leadership based in life affirming values, you know, so every time that it's offering its guidance or that it's inviting someone into something, it's always running through that filter of, is this a life affirming invitation rather than a self-serving agenda? Because, you know, the line fives, we see them in power in the world. You know, a lot of the uh, powerful positions in government and even in, in spiritual communities, you know, most of those people carry a, a strength of line fives, right? And so, and, and it's knowing what does your power serve? You know, does, is it life affirming or is it a self-serving agenda that you're carrying? Because it's constantly carrying out an agenda, you know, kind of like me, I, I would, you know, what, what are my needs, my self-serving needs, or even the needs of my family, because I'm the oldest of four. So, you know, it was kind of my family kind of came included in what my agenda was. And so a lot of times that didn't serve the other person, but it served me or it served my family, right? And so now it's kind of learning how is this a win-win situation? How is this a life-affirming, you know, agenda instead of, you know, one that is just self-serving, really? It's, to it's totally that shift from the shadow to the gift, you know, when we move not only the jinky, but understanding kind of like that zooming to the jinky, zooming to the frequency, uh, kind of like a little, uh, a, a, a slightly different color or different tone variation of the key of the music of that jinky. And, mm -hmm. and I have two of those. I have it on, on the life's work and the evolution. So all my external work is line five, literally. So I totally understand and I know exactly what it is. It's, it's just, you know, are you going to go through life with a close heart looking for yourself as an individual separate island of life? Or are you going to open your heart, realize that we all are one humanity? Yes. Yeah. And, it, and it's amazing when you start working with the keys in that way, because it's like me, I can look at the shadow and the sphere. And then now, because I have an awareness of what the line represents, right, then I can, so like I said, mine is 59.5. So 59th would be like the world, kind of like the, the, the wholeness of it. And then the line five allows me to focus in a certain way or bring focus into something more. It orients my, my, my question, really. My question becomes, 
So if I am uh, here in this shadow of dishonesty, which I can find very quickly, right? But how is it playing out in my life through power? Am I a victim to power? Am I abusing power? You know, and, and so like it creates such more like a richer depth of the inquiry of how I am living that out in my life, you know, and I love the lines because of that, because it, it gives you that highlight of let's, you know, it, it's kind of like, which door do I open one through six, right? And so, okay, let me open door number five, because that's a little bit more highlighted for me. So I, and so now it becomes like an inquiry of that. And, and, yeah. and you, when you move that energy, you become intimate with people because that's the gift, ultimately leading you to completely become transparent. Yes, yes. And, and on the culture, you know, that literally means I'm going to get life. my charger. Okay, okay. Oh, and and ult ultimately, that means your, your, your connection with the world because that, that, that very specific sphere is, is how you're going to build your family of, of people. That's how you're going to be working with. So that's a lot what we're going on here on the Jinkies uh, and what we're doing here on a, on a level, uh, you know, where are we going? I see this uh, Jinkies as, as a blueprint, as a blueprint for a new civilization we can actually have and we can, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's all connected on relationship. It's how healthy our relationships are. Yeah, and, and I, I love it too, you know, now that you're bringing in the theme of relationships because I am constantly in awe of like how our very health depends on relationships, on healthy relationships, right? How unhealthy relationships makes us unhealthy and healthy relationships allows more vitality into our lives and creativity and life force and how little we are educated in what it means to be in a healthy relationship. You know, how so many of us are kind of have normalized certain patterns that have run in our family or certain patterns of communication or, or withholding love, you know, and all of these things and, and that we're just, we don't even know that we're in these things. And for me, this, this blueprint, this, this hologenetic profile has been uh, kind of like giving me the permission to ask the questions that otherwise I would have never asked. And they would have remained like a buried longing and knowing, you know, like something like, you, you know, when you, you have something in you, you just don't know what it is, but it's like, Hmm, there's just something else, you know, and, and I feel like the, the jinkies has really allowed me to pinpoint those things, you know, not to get the answer, because the answer is so unique to each of us, but to ask the right questions about my life, you know, and then, and then as I was sharing with you earlier of being able to show up as a parent in that way, you know, knowing like my son's blueprint is different than mine. So instead of imposing mine on him, like, can I highlight his gifts and hold them, hold him, hold that light for him, which is my job as a parent, you know? And it's like, what if our parents would have done that for us, you know? And it, it's so powerful because again, like the richness of our relationships, I really believe that that's the true wealth, true prosperity, you know, is that relational wealth. Like how rich are my relationships? I don't have to have a lot, 
you know, but the ones that are like close in my heart, they're transparent. You know, we love each other enough to tell the truth. You know, we hold each other to our higher light when we're feeling low, you know, and we're, we're just, we have these agreements in a way that are now so different than my, than the generation before us, you know, and, and now I know that my son will carry on a different thing and not as an expectation, but I think it's, it's just going to be natural that at some point, all those seeds I've been planting are going to find their way, uh, you know, into the sunlight. So yeah, this, this uh, jinky journey has been a, a blessing in so many ways. And sometimes I can't even believe it. Like, I'm like, wow, just a generation ago, we were living in a ranch in Mexico, in a Sierra somewhere. And here I am now sharing this amazing transformational work with other women, you know, and with other men, but just like what, how amazing is that? What a privilege it is. We are the, the people that uh, this generation have decided enough, enough of ignorance, enough of lies, enough of, of heart that is closed, enough of our relationships being abusive and enough of drama, enough of separation. And, and it's, uh, it's our, and it's, we feel that natural call in, in everything. It doesn't matter whether it's the jinkies or anything else that people are doing. We feel that natural call for healing and to step up and say, I'm going to have show up and, and show up, meaning I am going to heal myself and my life and become the example that becomes a frequency that, that, that is going to be an example for the next generation because we're building this, this foundation, this, this building of, of the future by building ourselves we are the we are the the material we are the the concrete the the wood we are we are the material of the building and as we are changing and healing and taking responsibility and opening the heart and being vulnerable and saying this is how i feel this is my heart this is the truth then now we're bringing a new frequency into the world and, and people everywhere are really feeling this in many, many different ways, you know? And so I really, I really, when I looked at the jinkies, I just see something very well organized that I can actually like, uh, you know, it takes time because you're not going to eat the whole thing in one bite, it takes years and years, but that's why it's fun. A lifetime. <laughs> yes. 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 A lifetime. So, and I think, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say that, you know, it's, it, it's so perfect what you just said like that, you know, because the jinkies it's, it's a, it's a system, right. That it's not going to work for everyone the same way, you know, however, it gives us a, it's a tool, you know, it's not the end all be all, you know, like so many paths claim. And this is why I love the jinkies because it's so um, it's your own journey. Like here are the guideposts and you Go on this journey yourself and discover your treasures yourself, right? And if you're lucky, you'll have someone else with you that you can talk about it and, you know, and kind of bounce things back and forth. But that's so important because I feel like even with the Jinkies now, I mean, I've been in the Jinkies maybe about nine or 10 years now. And every single time I go back to a Jinky and reread it, you know, it gives me something new. You know, and it's and it's so amazing because the more that we start to die at, at first, it was like kind of reading it and you know, and just kind of like, why can't I ever memorize these things? You know, I don't know if that happened to you, Epifania, where I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I have that jinky, but I can't tell you about it, you know, because and so 
however, it was it was learning that it was a practice, that it was a, a lifelong apprenticeship to myself, right? And to, to the wisdom. And now it's like, I understand every time our, our, our consciousness is constantly expanding and every time it expands, it creates more room for something new, something fresh. And so going back to the gene keys all constantly, I, it's like, I'm getting this, the same thing that I've read a, a gazillion times. It's like, I'm reading it all over again, like brand new, you know? And so that's what has kept me in this in this path, because I see it that it's alive. It's not just a dead, you know, kind of book that you memorize and that's it. And, and of course, I feel like then that opens you up to being able to do that with all of life. You know, now I can pick up any book and I can see through the words, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, I, I like reading the Bible, which for a lot of people, that's like, wait, what you, that is so, you know, archaic and, and, and patriarchal and da da da. But, you know, for me, it doesn't seem that way for me, it's parables that give me wisdom about my own life. It's insight, it's prophecy. And I really love that because I had a long um, kind of th this, this relationship with religion itself since I was young. And so for me, it's like the full circle of like coming back and just being able to see it through these new eyes of, you know, what is be behind the veil? Like, I'm not, I'm not focused on the veil and how that is like, you know, there's truth everywhere. We just have to cultivate our eyes, our vision to, to see it, you know? So it's, it's amazing. Like, it's just kind of opened up a, a whole uh, way of life that, you know, and paired obviously with the other, other um, work that I've been in, you know, but the, the jinkies itself, I would say has been the vehicle that has allowed structure, some sort of structure to come in to my healing journey. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Same, same, same here. You know, just, you know, our, our, our exact vessel so that you can actually fit everything and make everything sense. And next thing now you're looking everything, you could pick up, you know, a, a magazine and now it's prophetic, you know, it's like it, it, you realize that, that you at this point, you are really just it's it's you're activating your imagination to be able to 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 receive information from the field and and now you you are literally navigating your reality in a, in a more advanced and more more, more more advanced in the sense of like you are you are you are less attached to the past and to the way things are you're less attached to boxes and you're more flexible you're like life is you know it could be this or it could be that and mm -hmm. and that's you know that's literally what the the, the work is is realizing that we're taking this as as you know as a map as a tool and then and then making it something ourselves and that's why when that i think that's the real realization that i, I want to share with people all the time about the jinkies this this is not the jinkies. This is your experience. And this is just a, a catalyzer or, or a container for you to, to, to cook your own story, to make your own, your own dinner, you know, and yes. make your own, your own movie of, of your life, you know, and that really changes everything. Yes. You make your own, you have your own ingredients, you know, yes. and, 
and and no one else can make it the same. You know, they can, we can all call it chicken soup, but it's going to taste different, you know, and when you're, when you put your own little ingredients, you know, that just make that difference. And yeah, I, I feel like that's, um, it's been really amazing to just see that unfolding of even myself, like the distraction, right? Because I, what, what you said, you said, it's not more advanced. It's not because it's not a better or, or, or worse kind of thing. It simply is, I am less distracted by the noise, you know, and that's the difference that I can now tune in to the, what's the, the deeper message. You know, I'm not distracted by the glittery kind of, you know, Hey, look over here. Oh, look over here. This one's better. This is, you know, it's like, I, I can just, I can take my time, you know, and, and that's been another huge thing for my life has been to learn patience, to trust the cycles of life and the cycles of earth, you know, and, and to really be able, because I like the core feminine essences, you know, and, and I'm not saying that like feminine, not in a gender, but in a, in a realm of consciousness, right? The yin is, it thrives in slowness, in patience, in, in, in a gentleness, in time, you know, and, and it's like, we, I didn't know how to do those things. I, I thought, you know, even like talking about feminine, like I thought that because I got dressed up and wore makeup, I was in tune with my feminine, (laughs) you know, qualities, but it wasn't that at all. It was like the really dropping into that relaxedness, you know, not knowing how to do that. And when we don't know how to do that, then we're not allowing receptivity in, into our lives, you know, reciprocity, you know, the, the sufficiency, these things that, that, that are actually what brings true wealth, you know, true, like wealth of body, wealth of, of wisdom, wealth of everything that's to truly be wealthy, you know, prosperous, because when we're, when we allow, we're constantly looking at the external, what do I want, you know, or, or how come I'm not getting that? Or even in partnership, like they're not giving me this, you know, and, and da, 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 you know, but it's like most of the time we just don't know how to receive it. It's there, but we just don't know how to receive it. And I feel like that's for myself in my own story, even in my own love stories, you know, we, we don't have to go that far. Like in my, in my love stories, it's, it's always, it was always that impatience. I have that in my attraction sphere, right? Which relationships, the shadow of impatience and the way it showed up for me was like, I'm not getting what I need. You're not changing. You're not doing your work. You're not, it, it was always that, that, that sent that aspect of it. And it was me learning that I'm always getting what I need. I'm always in every relationship getting exactly what I need. When I turn the mirror in and I ask myself the questions, you know, the, the, the difficult questions. And now, you know, being in, in, in partnership where I can relax and, and truly receive my man just as he is not because of what I need, you know, but because of who he is. And, and amazingly, that's what allows us 
to truly be in service together with each other and, you know, and, and serving like the greater vision that we each have. So it's a, it, it's been such a journey of just allowing like, okay, God, life, the universe knows exactly what I need to deepen in myself. I can trust that. And so if this relationship is here, let me relax and receive it and be broken by it. And, and just because I trust life, not because I trust him, but because I trust life. And in that, the truth will always come forward, you know, and that's been such a painful journey and lesson and, you know, and all these things. However, now I'm just like, you know, the love that I receive is a reflection of the love I have for myself and the love that God has for me. And I can always trust that. So this is this beautiful. This is beautiful. And here's what, I, what we're going to do. I want to come back to this after we go through a journey, because you're talking about how Annabelle became Annabelle. But I want people to experience the the, the whole movie, you know, go the through whole the whole darkness and everything. The whole novella. It's the whole <laughs> telenovela. <laughs> It's a movie, but it was a soap opera. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, those are the best because you get stuck into them. Now you got to see them like every day. I remember when I was a kid, I I, I I had a couple of those that you like have to see every day. It's, they're bad, but they're good, but they're bad. <laughs> well, I always say that, you know, like for us and in, in my culture, anyway, my background of being coming from Mexican background, our emotional um teachings were the novelas you know it was the soap operas you know so that's why I'm like I can have compassion for myself because I was like well it was either choosing to be the victim or the villain and the villain had a lot more fun (laughs) (laughs) that's what I went with you know and and but it's it's so amazing because that's those dramas is where we're trying to find like that, that's where we're learning, like, oh, what's life going to be like? How am I going to um, show up in life? You know, and we're constantly being programmed by these soap operas and our parents, my my parents were completely emotionally unavailable, you know, and they were busy surviving, you know, so there there was none of that. So it was the soap operas that raised my emotional intelligence <laughs> or lack of. <laughs> they give you a reference point to, to say, don't go that way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So what was your fork in the road? The moment that changed Annabelle, mm. how, and I'm not necessarily talking, you know, because sometimes we have several of those, but you know, the, the moment that 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 really changed everything, and maybe you can even like give a, a preview of how to go into that. that this is the moment that that you know spring shoot you into this direction. Yeah. So for me, I mean, there's been so many, right? Like the um, like you said, um, I why well, I lived in Mexico the first nine years of my life. And then we came to California on vacation and my father was murdered um, on that vacation. And I was the oldest, I I was uh, nine years old at the time. So I was the oldest of four and my mom, our mom, she decided to stay here because she didn't want to go back to Mexico. She wanted to give us, you know, better opportunity and schooling. And we lived in a really, really small town. And so 
that was kind of, you know, what began like kind of shattered my world of innocence or living in this bubble of perfection, you know, when, when my father was, was gone because he was my God to me, you know, it was like, my, my dad fixes everything. Like I'm his daughter. Nothing could ever happen to me. And so when he was gone, uh, it was uh, shattering. And then going into schooling here with not able to speak the language, you know, and going into advanced classes because I was actually, you know, not that I was smarter, but our education in Mexico was a little bit ahead <laughs> of what we were being taught here, right? <laughs> so I was placed in these um, gate classes, what they were called, uh, but they had to get me a translator. So it was a, a very feeling of the feeling of dislocation of just like, wait, what happened? You know, what, what's going on? Confusion. There's a lot of confusion at the time for me. All of a sudden, my dad was gone, new country, new language, you know, and, and a lot of bullying at the, at the time that, that was unfolding. So I went through those years as a very inward, um, you know, scared and confused. And then in high school, I decided, you know what, I, no one's going to come back. My dad's not coming back. No one's going to save me, you know, and, and I'm the oldest, like I need to figure this out. At the, also to say that my mom, our mom, she's a very lovely woman, like very, you know, but she kind of represents the martyr, you know, if we're going to give it an archetype, she represents the martyr, you know, always like working and just crying and, you know, all these things that then I judged as weakness. I was like, oh, that that's weakness, you know, and of course the novelas told me that that was weakness, <laughs> <laughs> the operas, right? And I, and, and I said, you know, then that's not how I want to choose to live my life. And so in high school, completely shifted for me. And I was, you know, kind of like the more aggressive one. And, you know, and I was like, it, it was about me and protecting my, my brothers and my sister, you know, and my sister was also very meek. And so it was always like defending her, you know, and so that was my high school years. And then when I turned 18, I fell in love. It was my first like, oh, I love this guy. He was older and just amazing. Completely broke my heart, lied to me, all of these things. Um, turned out he was married, you know, just all these like the worst that, you know, you can imagine. So completely shattered me. And that said, hmm, it's not safe to love in this way. You know, uh, love isn't safe. So it created more walls for me and, and a sense of I need to control my environment. And I um, after that, I went into real estate uh, at 18 and I saw that I loved it. I had done all kinds of jobs since I was 14, you know, even working in the fields, um, picking grapes, you know, and and that's when I decided, OK, this labor thing is not for me. <laughs> I need to figure something else out. And so at 18, when I went into real estate, I realized this is a way I can give my family that American dream, you know, that like, I'm going to build a business, I'm going to create a business. And so I went into that. And um, it was really powerful, because I feel that that's, that's when I kind of took the reins of my life and decided, this is how I'm going to control my life and the life of those around me that I love. <laughs> and so my brothers worked for me. My sister was my assistant. 
you know, and I built a successful real estate practice. Um, you know, it was uh, amazing. I had a, I had the house, the money in the bank, the cars, like I had it all. And, um, but I was also like really heavy. I would always eat, like I would eat a lot, you know, and it was um, because I was always like stressed out and, and I was a workaholic. And so, but I didn't know any different. I thought this is what successful is, you know? And so then it was time for me to get married and very calculated as well. You know, I was like, okay, check mark, check mark. Now it's time to get a husband and start my family because I want to have a family. So at 24, I got married only a month after, you know, dating my husband. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, well, you're smart enough. You graduated from university. Like, you know, we, let's do this. And so again, the ch those check marks, right? And so when I got pregnant, I feel that that is what changed so much for me, getting pregnant, because for me, becoming a mother was always something that deep in me, I always want, I love children. I imagine I was going to have like 12 children or something. And when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, wow, this, this is like, my life's never going to be the same. And now it created even more pressure, believe it or not. Like, how am I going to provide for this child? I have to teach this child. I have, you know, all of these things. So I really, I took control of my health at that time because I didn't want to feed that to my baby. So, you know, this is when I started my health, healthy eating journey and like just awareness exercise. However, my workaholism really went up, you know, it was like more pressure, I was working more, all of these things. And that created um, hypertension for me in my pregnancy. So I had to, he was a, a premature baby. So and, and again, it was all I was like, okay, he's, he's old enough to be born now. So let's schedule my, my <laughs> It sounds terrible, but you know what? Back then, it just felt like I just had it together, you know? <laughs> it was like, time to deliver this baby, you know? And, and so, and, and it was interesting because from there, I just feel like so many lessons began, right? Like the that hypertension is uh, high blood pressure. So it kind of cuts off the oxygen to the baby. And the doctor said, look, you need to be in bed rest for the remainder of the pregnancy, or like you, this could be a stillborn baby. And so I went home and I was so stressed out about lying in a bed. I just didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to not work. And so that stressed me out even more. And so of course he was like, we've, we've got to induce you, you know, induce your labor. And so drove myself to the hospital to be induced. Okay. And called my husband, like, okay, we're going to have this baby meet me at the hospital. <laughs> And when I was in labor, this is where I believe, you know, really triggered the series of events that was to come, you know, because when I was in labor, um, I was getting so many memories of trauma and of grief when I was giving birth, you know, with the contractions, I was get it was like a dream, you know, and and so things that I had never even thought of, you know, that were not in my psyche. So it 
And, and I was like, wow, that's weird because I had no context for it. And so after my son was born, um, you know, this is like back, he was born in 2000, 2005. And so in 2006, you know, uh, he was, it, it, it was like a great year because I went back to work when he was two weeks old and I forgot about all those uh, visions that I had had, you know, I, and all those memories, it was kind of like, I repressed them. Like, I, I was like, Whoa, that was weird. Like, what was that about? But I feel like my body just didn't forget that. Right. It was, it had been like activated something in me was activated. And so that next year, um, my husband at the time, he was mostly at home, you know, and I was mostly at work. And so it was kind of like, uh, at the time, I just started like being like, he's not a man, you know, he doesn't provide for me, like all of these things that were things that I thought that I wanted, you know, and what I realized now it was just there was no room for that. I was the man in that relationship. So there was no room for a man, right. And so, but that led to money problems, because then in 2007, as you know, we had the market crash and you know, all that. So, and, and because I was so green in the business at the time, I didn't realize the cycles, you know? And so I was still trying to save my business when everybody had already closed down theirs or, or like shifted. And so all my savings went into saving this business for the next seven months. And, um, and I had, you know, it was a company that was running. So the overhead was quite high. Um, so, lost everything, just completely lost everything. I didn't, I was in shock really. And, uh, and of course my marriage also, you know, it, it, it disintegrated. There was so much, so much just done. And so when, when that happened, it was so humiliating for me because I thought I knew everything. I thought I had everything under control, like, you know, and I believed in myself. I was like, I put me anywhere and I can make it happen. This is what my, my self-talk was, which is great, you know, of course, but it's also blinding because it didn't allow me to pay attention to what life was telling me. And so I just was forcing my way through. And my, you know, I separated, we separated. And now it was like this moment. Um, and I remember this so clearly because this is, it, it was so powerful that I, my son and I used to go to the, it was this place called Huff's Hut. I don't even know if it's still around anymore. It was like a breakfast place. And we used to love getting the Snickers pie. It was a Snickers cheesecake. And, you know, I would take him that this was our quality time, right, where I would take him and we would, you know, get a, a, a pie and then we would eat it together. You know, he used to love it. And it was this day that I went to get a pie. I didn't even get the pie. It, I was ordering a slice because I, I didn't have I knew I didn't have money for a pie. And my card declined for that. Pie. It was like eight dollars. OK, like this is. And it declined. And it was this moment of just realizing how, where I was at, you know, and I broke down crying there with my little one and a half year old on my hip and just crying. And this kind man behind me, he bought it for me. <laughs> he bought the pie. So I'm, I'm sitting in the parking lot eating this pie, just crying, you know, and, and just saying, 
how did I get here? You know, and looking at my son and, and asking myself, like, what am I going to teach this little boy? Because that wasn't the way that how quickly all of that hard work was taken from me, you know, and here I am. And so that's what began my journey. That question there, what am I going to teach this little boy? And so that's where I was like, there's more, there has to be more, you know, and, and, and then I uh, got into Ayurvedic medicine and I always loved herbs and, you know, people would always come to me like, what do I drink for this? You know, and it's always been kind of a natural ancestral uh, thing in, in, in my home. So I, I said, okay, let me, you know, go that way. And then I went on a medicine journey with uh, ayahuasca, you know, and kind okay, of, let me, let me pause you right there. Cause yes, yeah. we're going to get into that, but you know, I want to hear all of that, but before we get into that, what exactly? Because that was that was the bottom of the, of the barrel. That's yeah. that's the way all the way down. So that's that that was the that was the dark night right there. What lesson did you learn that? Uh, and maybe with everything that you've learned since then, yeah. how did you integrate that lesson? How what did you learn in that moment, or all of that combination? And now yeah. with what you've become, with how do you journey. see it? Well, what I learned one is that. Uh, redefining what success is for my life, right? So uh, what I learned was that that was false power. That was a false sense of success. That was a, a story told to me about what I am, am to be, you know, how I should show up. And so I feel that now with that story, what it allows me to feel is that when I am distracted by the world, always come back to my center and ask that question of, is this a life affirming choice? And it's been so powerful, Epifanio, because in the work that I do, you know, and as an entrepreneur, period, there's so much pressure to produce. There's so much pressure to get that thing out there, to do marketing this way to, you know, all of these things. And I can honestly tell you that for me, that's not one of my things. I don't care what anyone else is doing. I don't care if people like what I'm putting out. I don't care because it's self-sourced. It does not need to be successful because it's authentic. And I realized that for me, authenticity, me living my authentic life is what true success is for me you know, and, and that is priceless. That's what that, that whole journey was to teach me how to humble myself and not in a, in a humble kind of like how I was taught, like you kind of shrink and don't talk good about yourself, you know, all that. It's more the humility that brings you to your knees, which brings you to the earth, which brings you to what's true and solid you know, and, and not finding safety and solidity in what the world is constantly telling you, you need this, you need that, take this, take that. It's more like, no, let me come back. Let me go to the forest, to the earth, to the river, and remember that this is what's true. This is what's ongoing. This is what's legacy. And how, and what is my thread to weave in this in this life. 
But uh, at the same time, it, because you totally had that thing figured out how to make money, it's like, because this is very important for all, I, I think, you know, coaches and life workers and all, all of these light warriors out there, the money thing is really a challenge, you know? So yes, absolutely. I 100% agree with you because I'm doing the same thing. You have to be 100% honest. And that is how you actually bring something that's going to make a difference in the world because it has to be different from mm -hmm. what we have, obviously. But you already had learned how to make money. Mm -hmm. And so you are now in a place where you're balancing yes. your, the truth being present, but you have a, 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 a unique skill and unique knowledge to get to the point that you live a good life. Maybe you're not thinking about making $10 million this year, but you are having a good life because you know how to do it. Yeah. So it's that balance and I guess at this point, I would say is that balance between the male and the female mm -hmm. that brings an order because now you're you're connected, you're grounded, you're not floating out there with what everybody's head tripping about that you should be. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know how to get shit done. Yes, yes. And, you know, I, I think that 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 was, you know, other things, because when when all that was happening for me and I went on my my journey, it was a this aspect of like wanting to leave all of that behind, you know, of saying that wasn't the way. So I want to get rid of that. You know, like I, I want to move forward now and be this like amazing. I want to give away my Rolex and I want to give away like my nice shoes and, and all of that. I, I had that. I went through that. And especially because it, I was in a place where I just almost um, I it was repellent to me because of my experience of, of saying like that was in the way. What I have realized now coming full circle in, in some ways is that I, I had to go sort of through those extremes, right? Of where like, it was like this abuse of power and control. And then going into the other where it was like, oh, I just want to float in the ethers and like be in love with God. And I don't care about anything else. You know, I don't, I don't need food. I don't need anything. I'll be a breathitarian, like all of these things. Right. And they all served their purpose at the time. But now what I am realizing is for me, the, it's the path of embodiment, you know, and, and I'm here to be an embodied spiritual woman, an embodied mystic, you know, to really be in my flesh, to really be in the earth. And so that means material, because I need to be in the material world as well. And I learned the lessons that I learned in business back then, I now benefit from today because i i see how you know actually making money is not hard in the sense that when you work hard you will make money or you work smart you will you you can say yourself i think what's lacking is that what i realized is that back then i had a passion which was my family i had a reason i had that and that's what drove me to get up every morning and work 16 hours a day what I have now is a devotion to serve God. What I have now is such a deep devotion. And I trust, I have a knowing that I'm going to be given exactly what I need to fulfill my mission. That could be a lot. That could be a little. But I know I'm going to get what I need. But what God cannot do that I can is show up and do the work. 
And I think a lot of us are afraid to work and I'm not afraid to work. You know, I'm not afraid to do what it takes for it when I am led by that, like that, knowing that this is what I need to do. And I think for me, the most challenging part, as with a lot of creative people, is that I have so many ideas, so many things, you know, that how do I like, you know, bring all of them into fruition? And what I have realized and what I practice now is that everything has its time. I have all those ideas, but it's what's present for me right now. And that's where my life force gets poured into. And guess what happens? That step brings the other the other idea together, you know, and they begin, it's a weave. It's like this tapestry that begins to weave itself. And the skill, all the skills, no matter where we have come from, what we have done, there are skills that we learned that were are preparing us for what we're showing up for. Like, the, and this is why getting, trying to uh, escape or getting rid of aspects of our past is, is not going to really feel fulfilling in the moment, in the present, because we need something that we learn from that space, the wisdom of that, even as painful as it could have been. We need that to inform what we are in form, inform what we are doing today. And so I love good things, Epifanio. You know, I, lo I love, I am... I am a materialistic person in, in some ways, but that's not the, my relationship with it is this, that I now am not defined by the material possessions. I get to enjoy them. And when they're gone, I get to say goodbye, you know? And so that's been so powerful because in the past, it did define me. It gave me status. It gave me an image. And now it's just like, I can be present and enjoy it. And, and I love beauty. I love beautiful things. But I also am finding that beauty without, you know, going to the mountains. Like that's actually where I found find the most beauty, you know? And so it's a, it, it really is, I think, for myself, when I listen and I take the time to, to nurture and serve my feminine essence, my masculine skill naturally steps up to protect what that vision is, you know? So it's like, it, I, I say that my feminine is a visionary, but my masculine is the one that gets the mission done, you know? So it takes that, that vision and it, it brings it, it makes it, and because together, when we have those energies balanced within ourselves, it's a sacred marriage, right? And now we can create children. We can create those sacred child and birth those babies into the world and, and birth not just as human life, but books, projects, businesses, you know, those are all creative. The, you know, I, uh, I think Meister Eckhart is the one says like, God is always giving birth, you know, and, it, and God is always giving birth through us if we can relax and allow to be impregnated by that essence. And to really take care of ourselves, you know, in, in, the, in, in that sense of when you're pregnant, you don't figure out, okay, let me create the finger now and the leg. There's a higher intelligence that's weaving that that's already inside your body. We have the blueprint of creation. And this is where my, the womb shamanism comes in, right? Because it's like, we're all um, an 
and we're we all have a blueprint of creation within us that can create life and not necessarily uh, babies. You know, that b- babies, I think, are the physical representation of our power as humans. But there are energetic projects that we can birth when we allow the gestation and to allow it to allow the pregnancy to take place, you know, and then allow it that life itself to come out when it's ready. Because so many times we just want to push it out. You know, we just like, oh, I have this idea and let me go. I need to do this A, B, C, D, E. And now it's like out into the world. Why didn't it work? Why is no one liking it? Why is, you know, and it's like, why? Because it's not infused with the life, with the that that creative impulse, you know, that, that evolving impulse. It's simply just another thing to put out there at, you know, to add to the noise of already a, such a noisy world. So yeah, I'm, I am all about, like, I feel like the more, you know, and for me, like money, of, of, you know, it's a, it's a symbol, but the more I have, I also know what to do with it. I know what, to, how to work with it. Money loves me because I place it in places that it thrives. I place it in pl- in places that it uplifts others, you know? And so money's always looking for me. And I really do believe that. It's just, where do I open to receive it so that I can now turn around and multiply it? Because that's my job as a woman in a woman's body in this precious womb is to multiply, you know? So it's it's everything that comes to me is multiplied. So I have to have a, a sense of what do I allow into my space? What do I say yes to? What do I agree to? Because I know it's going to be multiplied. Absolutely. That's just beautiful. That, that's it. That's, that's totally it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, can, I, I had a sense that, that, you know, that that's, where, that's where you were going. And, and, but just like you just painted it exactly how it is. And, and now you're, you're, you've found that uh, center that that grounding and then now you can totally be pregnant with ideas and with and with life and 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 receive life and that changes everything and now the journey is really just about listening Mm -hmm. listening to the fine tuning of every single sphere listening to the fine tuning of the details and and now you are now you're dancing with life you know you can you can breathe in beauty you can accept and i think that's very very valuable because I see a lot, a lot of lack in the spiritual community, right? And it's a, it's really this, um, I guess, impatience because you're really, uh, uh, you know, alluding to that. But at the same time, uh, there is a push when you because here's the thing, okay? You had that training on physicality mm-hmm. that was uh, really uh, uh, demanded by your situation, right? And so I guess it's really about uh, really um, honing your masculine masculine doer in order to be able to provide to your feminine expression, you know. And so it's it's uh, some people have that the, the opposite way. You really learn, and a lot of, of spiritual people and and you know spiritual people because everybody's spirit, everything's spiritual. There's no such thing as not spirit. But you know the the people that are working, the healers, right? The artists, right? the more feminine expression of God, right? It, it, they haven't found that, that, that balance with the masculine inside. 
right? In order to be able to create life and to create the life that they want for themselves. I yes. totally see that. Yeah, so, and I, you know, I, I uh, speak of that in a in this way of what's necessary for creation is structure and flow. So instead of saying feminine and masculine, I, you know, I reference that because we have a tendency and a lot of times it comes from our own wounding around money, you know, judgments of money uh, and, and just these ideas that we have about what money does. I know, you know, I grew up with, with the saying of like, you know, uh, people who have money are, are not good people, you know, and like these just different things that are embedded to keep us small, to keep us, you know, kind of in that false humility, because it's a false sense of humility, right? And so I feel like when you finally give yourself permission to like, be honest with yourself and like, you know what, I, I like good stuff. I, 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 I like my red bottom heels. I love wearing them, you know? And it's like, yeah, other people will say that's not spiritual. That could da da da. But at the end of the day, we, it's, I have to find what's authentic for me. And the more I deny or lie to myself, the longer it's going to take me to get to where I need to be. Right. And so I feel that so many, we have this thing uh, like around that if we're in our, in our, and I think this is a narrative that I would really, uh, I invite people to shift in, 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 in a, or as a generation that we cannot be in our art and and be sustainable and do well, like be generous. That somehow, if we're gonna be in our art, we're gonna be broke all the time. We're gonna be in the struggle all the time, you know. And and that's a narrative shift. And um, in my chart, in my jinkies, the sixtieth jinky is my life's work, you know. So and I feel that that speaks directly into what I'm saying because. It has become about knowing how to create structures for the flow, how to have the banks for the river, you know, how to be able to direct that flow. And again, the structure is so important because without the structures, it's simply dispersed and it has no concentration of energy. But with those banks, with those structures, it allows that flow to constantly keep moving, which means freshness. What are stagnant waters? Stagnant waters create disease. Stagnant waters create all kinds of things that are not necessarily healthy, right? What are living flowing waters? Like what is that? That, that they're constantly moving. So there's always that creative flow, that creative idea. But now I'm not distracted by my creative ideas. I... I am more like, okay, I'm not in a rush. So I don't have to bring everything into fruition. I trust that what I'm here to create, I am going to create because I'm willing to do the work and I am constantly checking in. I'm creating space for that feminine essence. And I think that that's the, the like we are, it's finding where is our healthy point of structure and flow, you know, where it's not rigid and like the old structures, right? But it's flexible. It changes as new information comes in. You know, it shapes and, and, and flows. And, and the flow, again, it's like so many of us look and, you know, in, inside of my own journey, there's this 
aspect of like looking at like what other people are doing that's working. And I think that there's a gift to that because that's community, right? Like sharing, like this is working for me, this isn't working. But when we're all looking at models that do not value life, but instead suck life, then we're trying to reproduce those same systems inside of our art form. And that's where it's not in alignment. So something that isn't in alignment isn't going to procreate because it needs that alignment, that divine alignment to be able to come into the world and, and, and give something new, something of life. So it's almost like this internal back and forth, like, do I follow my, my artwork or do I, you know, do I follow the, like, that's how you do business. So I have to like make my art form digestible so that it can be bought so that it can, da, 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 you know, instead of just, you know, really allowing ourselves to like, how can I create more life with this artwork? Like, where do I become alive and follow that and then create the structures to support that, you know? And so it's, it's a lot of, um, I, I really feel like it's, it's being able to receive the world as is and taking what works from it, but creating it around your own genius, like creating it so that it supports your genius, not that it dampens it or it makes it digestible for others, you know? So always like authenticity over relatability. That's my thing. Like you may not like what I say. Someone may not like your artwork, but there's, 7 billion people in the world. You just got to find your people. And the more that you water down your things, the less likely that becomes. Because now, you know, you're attract you're sort of magnetizing the wrong things, you know, and and that doesn't bring fulfillment. So it kind of creates stagnancy in, in my in my own experience. And I'm really speaking from my own experience because I feel like playing with all of these things and now and understanding too that there's cycles and seasons. There's seasons of spring and there's seasons of winter. You know, so in my own business, I experience summer and it's all like, you know, amazing and coming in and spring and, you know, and then when it times comes winter, you know, there's an aspect of me that's like, no, 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 I want it to be summer all year, you know, around. And that's not, that's not life-giving because I need that winter in order to come forth in the spring again. So really, uh, like it's a deep trust of not, things are not going to be monotone. You know, it's kind of like what we as women try to do with our hormones. Like we want to be the same all month, you know? And, And so when we have these spikes, we're like, oh my God, my emotions, you know? But the only reason is because we're not allowing and using them as allies. We're not realizing that I'm a different, I'm four different women every single month. And I love that because each one of those aspects of me has different gifts. But when I try to be just one, like a man would, you know, like that in a man in a man's body, when I, when I just try to be like, you know, go through a, 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 I don't know if you know this Epifanio, but as women, we have a 28 day cycle every, every, right. And as a man, you have a 24 hour cycle. So you go through that every single day and reset in the night and then wake up and which is why we can do different things, you know? And so as women, we're going, you know, kind of like, let's say every week, it's a little different for everyone because it's unique, 
But every week we're going through a different phase of hormones, our brain's different, we want different things. And this is why a lot of women think, I don't know what I want. You know, yesterday I wanted this, now I want this. But it's because we're out of attunement to the cycles of life, the cycles of our body. And so yeah, I can go on and on forever. So I'll just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> the way it's as beautiful. Thank you so much for being so open and sharing so much with us. Um, it, it it's it's like to be able to see yourself as male and female within. And, and to take that uh, information and ability to, uh, to uh, um, engage in life, you know, probably if you, if you were more skilled and, and at real estate, when the, the thing hit, you would have tackled, you know, start instead of like, you know, doing flipping the, the other side of the business instead of like, what is it? Uh, instead of like buying, you would be selling or something, you know, instead of selling, you would be, you know, buying because now everybody's selling and you would have made a, a killing, you know, because it's like the same with everything, you know, is how do we, how do we turn the, 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 the sale in, 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 you know, when we're, when we're sailing to, to still use the wind, even though it might change, you know. So now we're learning how to move that, and so on the kind of on the on the on that same uh, 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 so train of thought. How would you uh, bring that awareness of your journey to the people that have decided to truly speak the truth? Because we're talking about authenticity to really become you know, get to the point where now we're in a situation where the world has changed in the last three years. We have situations that are that have become global. We have basically a worldwide coup d'etat where they've taken the organizations, the pharma, the pharmaceuticals, the financial, you know, how do you apply that strength, that solidity, that groundness, that balance of male and female that you have, you know, discovered and, 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 and nurtured throughout your life? How can a person that is, that, is, that is waging this storm right now, stepping out of the mainstream, being, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, banned by the, the, the mainstream social media, you know, and, and still saying, well, yes, I am going to be authentic and I am not going to be a victim. And yet you still have to go through the jungle with machete because you're a pioneer now. We are going into a completely new reality where we're going to speak truths that are going to piss a lot of people off because they're still on, the, on their mind control of, of generations and generations of building up to this point where we're actually coming through a birth into a new civilization. Yeah. How would you bring that strength, that presence all of that knowledge to your brothers and sisters out there that are really going, you know, through the storm when everybody at this point, you could say, well, you know, if you just shut up and don't say that the vaccines are actually a bioweapon, you can make a lot of money and people are not going to stop, you know, hiring you as a coach or, or, as, or as, as an artist. And you got, you know, Kanye West, right, wearing a White Lives Matter shirt right now. Adidas just totally like, um, you know, said, we're not going to sell your Yeezys anymore. You know, his bank totally took his bank account of Chase Morgan now. 
And Kanye West is saying, you know, I'm going to stand with the truth. Now, that is a man right there saying, I believe in God. I believe in, in freedom. I believe in this. In this moment is where you have to stand up and speak, you know. And so I'm seeing these people are standing up to the moment, to the, to the times and bringing that energy. We're going to be talking about authenticity. We're going to be talking about truth. Let's talk about the whole thing that's going on right now. How would you bring that presence and that power and that knowledge that you've harvested and you've nurtured throughout all these years to all our people out there on the on the trenches, right? Yeah. Wow. You just oof. you want you you want to take us somewhere else. <laughs> you know, I I love what you are sharing because I feel like there's different threads to this. You know, I think more so is so important. And this is a conversation that I've been having with entrepreneurs that I work with, right? Of um, how important our emotional intelligence is, first of all, how important it is to be centered, you know, because just as you described, we're like in this storm, right? But there's always calm at the center of that storm. So finding our center and not losing our center while we are in the storm is so powerful. And what that looks like in practicality is being able to sit with the truth and not react, but being able to sit with the truth and respond, to really listen to how am I being guided to respond to this right now from my center, not from my reaction not from my judgments, right? Because truth at its core always carries care. It always carries care. It cares about something. And that's the truth, uh, the sword of truth. You know, it's a sword. It's sharp. A it's sword. truth. A sword. Yes. And that is when you're moving from that center and you are not being a reactionary, then you have that courage to, you know, put yourself out there. And this is, the truth isn't, isn't pretty because I feel like for me, and this is in my own experience, the question is, what am I willing to die for? And I'm not going to that battle if I am not willing to die on that hill. So that for me is the true warriorship. You know, because then I can say, I okay, this I, I really believe we all have different threads of what we're here to stand for. You know, there's there's so many, right? Like pick a crisis, like there's so many of them. Yet they're not all for me. They're not all for my truth. So it's about getting real and honest about what is my lane inside of this war inside of this battle right and so when i if i identify that i'm not afraid to die on that hill i'm not afraid to die out there because i am sacrificing making sacred what is true for me you know and so i feel that there's so many uh you know we all have our place and then another aspect of that is how beautiful is it when we can all stand in our place and have that? And as a collective, we now become more powerful. 
it isn't just about one individual standing for the truth. You know, and I think that up to now, that's what history, and this is why it's so important that we know our history, where we come from, why the old ways are important, because we can learn from them. We can take what worked. We can take the lessons and not have to repeat them again. And up until now, you know, we can see there's been so many leaders of truth but they've all been eliminated because once you cut the head off, the body dies. We don't need that anymore. Moving forward, we are a hive. You know, we have swarm power, you know? And so that for me is what I aim for, that I know my place and I stand on that and I am, I am willing and ready to die that honorable death because of it, you know? And so if I'm in that fear, and of course we're gonna have fear. I I have fear, you know, like, well, something happens to me, then my son, and you know, we have all these different fears, but courage is being able to move through that fear with, you know, or or bring that fear alongside, you know, of saying, you know, one, one thing that this summer was so present for me, because I love to go away into the mountains and just go into my my quests, right? And one thing that was so present for me was that fear, we're not meant to get rid of fear. We're not meant to do that because fear is here to amplify our senses. It allows us to be able to see what we normally wouldn't be able to see, to be able to sense what we normally wouldn't be able to sense. And so working, being able to really come into that center when we're feeling that fear gives us that courage to respond in whichever way we are being called. And I really believe that at the at the center of our wanting truth, you know, or seeking nature or evolution is that we all want to stand for something greater than ourselves. We all want to stand for what is true, what is just, that kind of that divine justice, you know? And so what that requires though, is, you know, that we actually sit and listen before so that we can be now able to say, this is what's, this is what ignites my body. It fills me with courage. It fills me with life, you know? And that's where I'm moving from rather than I'm angry about that because, you know, it's coming still, it's it's touching my trauma. So I go into that primitive brain where I'm not using my logical thinking anymore. I'm just, you know, I just want to like be angry and, 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 and you create more chaos in that way as well, you know, and, and I'm not saying that, that, you know, everything's perfection. Everybody is in the place that they need to be. Yet, if you're asking me, like, how would I create or how would I guide that? It would be, Come, you know, really find what is that thing. And and I talk about this. Don't follow your bliss. Follow your heartbreak. Because your heartbreak is being in that heartbreak and going through that heartbreak is what is naturally as a byproduct going to be bliss. Because that's where we want. We want to come into union with God. We want to serve that greater, you know, that desire, that longing to serve something greater than our lives. And so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, and and of course, always recognizing the power of 
the people who've done the work before us because we stand on that work already you know that there's there's all this um there's all these beautiful courageous beings that have already contributed to this fabric you know and so i get to take stand on those shoulders you know and create something a little bit more like greater expansive available for that and and i always pray i love you know really tuning into a lot of people who die whose ne names we will never know you know who 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 died somewhere along the line but they contributed that this energetic courage of standing for what they believed in standing for what was true for them and they were willing to die for it and that's the courage that i invoke when i am feeling like oh maybe i maybe i shouldn't you know because i don't want to rock the boat you know it's like okay annabelle well what is your what what are what are you here for like otherwise you're just going to be in this fear and and live a mediocre life and that's just not for me you know it's 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 just not a i i i feel like when i was younger my mom always says that i would tell her like i wasn't born to be normal like i i i knew that since i was little but what that what that what i thought that was was i i want to be successful i don't want to be like you know everybody else around me but it wasn't that it was like yeah i i'm not normal because I don't want to live this that mediocre life that I was being mirrored. You know, I want to I want my life. I want to die and know that I left it all here. You know, like I gave it my all and I'm ready for the next adventure. So what keeps you up at night, Annabelle? <laughs> well, all of these things that we just talked about. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think for me, what, well, I feel for me, uh, I was just, we were just in Sedona with my family, you know, celebrating my brother's birthday. And one of the questions, very, you know, casual question that we asked as we were having pizza was what is your greatest fear? You know, what is the deepest, greatest fear? And for, you know, for myself, I, I have quite a few that are like deep, deep fears. But one of them is that my that that my son will not have a fulfilled life because of the, what's happening in our world, you know, that he will get caught up in the noise and and sort of not live out his life. And I think for myself what keeps me up at night is there are so many people that will never experience the truth of their innocence the truth of that they're they actually have a choice you know and i think that's why i get up in the morning and i do my practice and i talk to my clients you know because i know that the message that i'm here to give is you have a choice you have a birthright you know and free will can only be exercised when we become aware that we have a choice. It's not about, you know, free will. Like I get to choose if I live in that city or that city because there's so many agendas that are influencing our choices that we don't even know, right? So most of the choices we make have already been determined by someone else, by an algorithm or something, right? So it's more of waking up to, I am a child of God. I am innocent. 
no matter what has happened in my life, my innocence can never be taken, broken, none of that. And I have a choice to come back to that and live that in this, in this incarnation, even though hell rages around me, you know, or it can seem that way, we can still live that inner peace and that inner innocence in our homes, in our, in our day-to-day lives. So I think what keeps me awake is like, how do I, how do I just get louder with this? (laughs) You know, how do I not just shake someone and tell them, come on, you know, but rather trust that in me showing up, that's enough, you know, because it can be really overwhelming when you see all the pain and, 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 and all the, all the different things happening in the world, but also that that pain is in me and how am I holding myself in that so that I know how to respond to that in the external world. Beautiful. What is your vision for humanity's future? Oh, union. Union. Um, I, I really believe, I know it. I don't just believe it. I know it that as we dissolve what separates us as feminine and masculine, we are able to bring our gifts together and create a diff, a shift in generations. You know, I believe in generational heal, like looking at things generationally, not just this lifetime. So I'm okay with it not being in my own lifetime, but I'm not okay with me not le- not living that in my lifetime. So I may not see it come into fruition. You know, it's kind of that saying of plant a tree whose shade you may never sit under. And for me, that tree is union, is the ability to recognize value and protect each other's gifts as masculine and feminine and and really restore the family unit. Because I, I, I believe that that's where everything begins, you know, that that war on the family unit creates fragmented humans who then create fragmented humans, you know, and and then we're driven by our traumas, our pain, we make decisions from that place. So I really feel like, you know, really that restoration of the family unit is, is what I would love to, to see and what I I choose to pour my life force into is that how healthy is my home and then move from there, you know? Mm. And it's all, it's so fascinating because I feel like it's also seeing it, you know, when I was in that real estate stuff, like I didn't see the signs. I didn't pay attention to the signs. But one thing I've learned now is like, I, he- I hear the whispers. I hear where, you know, the winds are blowing, right? And I see so many um, uh, people on the path of healing and seeking that leave their homes, right? They, they have to leave their homes and, you know, because it's, it's not an environment that's conducive of healing. So, you know, we go off to Bali and we go off to Mexico and, you know, we go off into these places where we can find others to relate to that hold those values. And somehow, there's such a, the greatest healing that happens that I have seen 
is when they come back home because you you have to come back home, right? And so that's the, and, and, and then you realize like, oh, holy shit, I wasn't as healed as I thought. And, you know, uh, I think Ram Das was the one that said it, like, if you think you're healed, go spend a week <laughs> with your family. <laughs> and then, and then you'll know. Then you'll know the truth. But, uh, and again, I feel like that is a that's that's showing me that that is happening. You know that 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 healing of the home is emerging. It is the the energies are there. You know, I always see like that divine mother's always weaving this beautiful intelligence under all the noise, you know, and it's, it's kind of like, yeah, we're thinking we're doing this and da da da. but deeper than that, there's another web that is moving, you know, and it's not in a rush, you know, it's not, it, 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 it's always on time. And so, yeah, that, that would be my vision for humanity is healthy homes, you know, birthing healthy projects and healthy children and, mm-hmm. and just men and women being really in service to one another, like in devotion, you know, devotion to the greater, the greater vision, the greater mission of, of w- what each of us represent. Oh, that's just so beautiful. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing right now to contribute to this vision? <sighs> Living, <laughs> living. So I feel my, the body of work, um, it, my devotion, you know, like the constant, not, not uh, blinding myself to the ugliness of the world. I am constantly allowing my heart to be broken uh, by it, by the pain, because I feel like it, it allows me to really stay in my human you know it's so easy to want to disassociate like want to live in this perfect bubble um because I could create that you know where everything's bliss and happy and and good vibes only you know or I could just be helpless and like oh this is there's no hope for this (laughs) you know so I really um aim to embody that like to really become a representation of my values so that when you meet me, you meet my God. And also to encourage, like really, really talk about the beauty and the pain that we don't need to be afraid of it when we learn to be with it. You know, we're only afraid because we don't know how to be with it. And so really allowing that, I think that that's what ignites in us that courage, ignites in us that knowing of where, what is my place, you know, so I'm raising a son, you know, I'm raising a a husband. (laughs) So someone's husband. And so I feel that as a woman, my greatest contribution is my child, you know, how the the things that I um, plant in him, because of course, he has his own, you know, it doesn't mean he's going to be amazing or great or anything, you know, it's, it's the it's that I am planting the seeds for that next generation, uh, which I believe is my duty as his mother. And I'm also working on a day to day with bringing my family in, into cohesion, you know, and this is my brothers and my sister and my mother. 
you know, where we, we have a container that's transparent, that's supportive. We never feel alone in anything, you know? And so like the restoration of that, of my own, you know, kind of really living what I preach in a way, you know, not just talking about it, but really being about it and, and uh, in my day-to-day choices as well, you know, and being okay when I don't make the right choice, you know, quote unquote, like, you know, when I, because there's a part of that as well, that I think is important about enjoying the, the journey, you know, of really being like you, we can be in the depth and the deep work and still enjoy uh, life, you know, enjoy the beauty of this planet is so beautiful. And I think it encourages us like, how do I protect this? How do I, you know, create more of this as well? Like, beauty in in finding the beauty in everything you know I I I aim to all always do that like I go to downtown LA you know and just like I find beauty in a lot of it which it's it's not beautiful by society's terms you know but it's beautiful to see the range and the full spectrum of our humanity and it's also heartbreaking you know to see how wounded we we are how how we have forgotten really our source, you know, and, and that, that process of remembering. So what am I doing? Living my life, (laughs) living and sharing. Yeah. Beautiful. That's it. That's what we're here to do. We're here to live our lives and, and, and recognize, you know, that, that the more we dive into the heart, the more we allow the heart to receive it all, it will transmute it all because that's the power of the heart. And, yes. and just surrendering to, to the power within us that 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 that, that changes life and, and and makes it what it what it's it 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 returns it to its source to what it's what it is at, at its cohesiveness. Yeah. So on that on that very note, and you've already said it because this is it, right? What do you think we can do to inspire unity among all these different groups that are awakening in, in many ways? throughout and physical, metaphysical, political, you know, social, how can we inspire unity through all this awakening that we're happening, that is happening right now? Yeah, um, I'll, you know, I'll answer this for myself, because obviously, I, again, I think we all have different roles and, and places. And I think it comes back to that, to really becoming aware of what's your place? What is my place? You know, like I know for myself, my place isn't to impose my truth. You know, my place is to become an invitation into the sacred, you know, and that means I walk it, I live it. You know, people will ask me, like, how are you doing that? Or how do you not care about that? Or how do you care about this? You know, and and that's where I get to share. And that's where I get to create an impact that goes deeper than if I'm like, just do this, do that. And we should do it that way. Because the thing is that in reality, we don't know. We don't know, right? Like that's the, and, and we're so afraid of unknowing. We're so afraid that we can't control what's happening. You know, it's kind of like, 
when I my whole world was falling apart, right? I wanted to to fix it, I to control it, like, oh, if I do this, if I do that, if I, you know, if I hire that coach, if I hire this, you know. And at the at the end of the day, it was trusting that the disintegration of that world was making way to the birthing of this world, you know? And I think as, as a, like someone who has given birth can really relate to that, right? Because when it comes time to birth that baby, it's an end of a world, you know? And it hurts to bring that new life through, you know? It's, it's a process, it's a shamanic journey. And yet when that's done, we hold that little baby in our arms and we kind of forget how painful it was, you know, and, and, and it, there's such intelligence in, in nature of that. And so I, I feel, you know, when we can all, when we can strengthen in our center and in our trust of what's unfolding, then we know how to respond. And for some that will be you know, and, and there's so many, so many places that are needed, right? Uh, uh, that that need our balm, but our balm of love is only effective when it's authentically sourced from truth, you know? And again, remembering that truth carries care always, no matter how harsh truth can, can be and can feel, it is rooted, it, it is born out of care not out of the need to be right, not of the need to drive your own agenda, not of the need to fix someone else, you know, but rather just that it's rooted in, in this is what's true for me when I tune in to source, when I sit in the silence, you know, and not when I sit in my, just in my pain, you know, and, and I get, I, I have a lot of friends that are um, they're, you know, they're social activists and, you know, over the last couple of years that they've been very, very busy. And so many of them were because they were, they were coming from that place of anger and pain. What happens is they ended up depleted and with illness and with, you know, it's kind of like that fire that isn't sustainable and burns out. But when you're tapped into your holy fire, when you've gone in and said, you know what, I'm angry, but there's grief there. I need to, I need to alchemize this. I need to transmute this grief and this pain in my own body, in my own vehicle, so that I am tuned into the holy fire that is a flame that never dies and that just sustains even more life instead of just burning down everything, right? So yeah, there's just so, so it's, it's a, it's a deep journey, but I think with all deep journeys is again, holding that spirit buoyant of like, I'm still alive. I, I still love chocolate. I still, you know, want ice cream and I can still have days where, um, where I don't feel, I don't feel this, this holy, this sacred, this devoted, you know, I feel like shit and I feel helpless and I feel like it's all too much and it's overwhelming. And knowing that that's a call to slow down and go revisit, you know, my altar and, and tune into that and rest there and then be nourished and, and come back out again, you know, into, because we really are in a, in a time of, we, we can see in war, 
But I like to say is we're just in a time of rebirth. And when you know how to birth things, you can trust the process. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. And What's your favorite good. quote? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite quote. Um, wow, that's a good one because I have so many and, and, uh, and I don't want to butcher them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to butcher them. Um, however, um, I I love I love Rumi because of its simplicity, you know, and um, and so I love poetry, you know. I love Meister Eckhart, Christian mystics. Um, the one that comes always to me when I think of that is it's it's a. It's that that quote of God is always seeking to give birth. So that is for me, that just kind of opens me and and just softens me right away, you know, because it's like God is always seeking to give birth. And we are those we are those doulas. We are those vessels that are here to give that birth you know to allow god to walk on this planet through our hands and and our feet wow this is so beautiful so beautiful having you here annabelle this is it's just you know such a, a divine gift that's why it came out when i was starting the whole thing it's a gift you know it, it was a guest is a gift you are you are a gift and and you are a, a, an incredible energy uh, where can people find you? What? How can they, you know, you know, connect with you and and, and work with you, or or you work with them, or and just get some of that, you know, juice that you have that is uh, so incredibly magnificent yeah. and, and lovely and and just so beautiful. Thank you. Um, so I have a website. So that uh, www.annabelviscarra.com. And then also I'm really active on Instagram. Uh, so that's Annabelle.Viscarra. And that's where I share, you know, I have many things gestating and in the birth canal. Um, but that's where you can tune into more of, you know, this conversation of just the permission to be our full spectrum selves. And through that, um, find what are those doors that need to be opened and, and explored and yeah, because it, you know, it's such a arduous journey that it's, it's, it's an adventure, you know, and I always say that, like, you know, when people are like, oh, we're, I'm, I'm going on this healing journey. It's like, that's amazing. Like, you're going on this adventure to your inner landscapes, just like how we go on a hike or how we go explore out there. It's like, wow, I get to go in and everything that's outside is inside of me. So have, have you ever seen a sunset? Like that lives inside of you, you know? And it's like that healing journey is returning to that, turning our vision inward and finding those beautiful landscapes and, and restoring the wasteland, you know, within our, our own inner queendom, inner kingdom. So yes, you can find me there, connect with me, send me a message. I love to hear from, uh, from you and Ah, just excited to be here at this time, you know, of, of, uh, of rebirth, um, of being a doula <laughs> in essence. And uh, yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you, Annabelle, so much. We're going to put all of that information on the page, the Instagram, the website, and everything that she's doing right now, and you can totally contact with her. Thank you. Thank you so much, Annabelle. Thank you for watching us today. Uh, beautiful awakening, pioneer of the great awakening we have today with us, Annabelle Vizcarra. And you can learn more about us if you go to jorn.tv, that's J-O-U-R-N.tv, that's the homepage of the podcast. We have a daily uh, study of the Gene Kisses, the Planet Homemaking podcast, and we have these amazing, wonderful interviews every now and then. We have a link at the bottom of the website as the Pioneers link. Just click on that one and you can find all the video interviews and audio interviews there. Uh, we have the audio interviews uh, version of it on uh, all podcasts, and we have the videos on Rumble all of that information, all of our uh, social media links, you can find those, find them on the about page. And if you're going through your dark night of the soul and you need to help transition through that and bring and find that, that uh, healing within yourself so that you can bring it into the world, at the very bottom of join.tv, there's a support button. Click on that one and learn more about that. Until next time, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.